Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Alka Joker podcast. Uh, so, this might be a bit of a brief one. I always get tongue-tied and tongue-twisted when I'm doing these uh, shows. So, uh, I guess we're into really it's just basically news and some predictions about the, the upcoming UFC 259 fight, the main event between Israel Adesanya and Jan uh, Blakowicz. Hopefully I pronounced that his Polish uh, name correct. So, Khabib has been weighing in and been giving his opinion on uh, Conor McGregor's overall performance and his current situation. You know, he's getting into his trilogy fight with Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. Um, now, he thinks that Conor, Conor McGregor's um, best days are now uh, over, the world behind him, uh, following his TK loss to Dustin Poirier at UFC 257. Um, so I think this kind of also plays into virtually how everybody else in the MMA community and the combat sports uh, community overall, overall in general, how they've all been reacting, how they've all been responding and just taking in his loss at UFC 257. Um, let's go closer. So, uh, you know, yeah, fine, I may not like his trash talking, but, you know, Conor McGregor has um, a long winning streak record, uh, more, a lot more wins um than he does, um, and he does have of losses, and of course, there's the other side, the pay per views that he brings in for the UFC and for Dana White, and you know, for the organi- for, for the fighting organization. So, um, you know, it just takes one, uh, just one loss, one um, one bad moment to just dent your overall career that that looks uh, really good, despite what you may think of the individual um, at hand in question, um, because. Just in the uh, the the weeks lead, just the days and the weeks after the fight, um, you know, many people coming out saying that this guy uh, should have done this, should have done that. Just a lot of people just coming out and uh, just not necessarily slacking off um, Conor McGregor, but it's kind of like um, there's still plenty of shock as to how he um, lost that fight, how Dustin Poirier managed to attack him, how he just managed to gradually just pick him apart with the leg kicks to the um, to the calf, you know, the calf kicks as they call them. And just managing, just gradually, uh, managed to get um, Conor McGregor down onto the uh, canvas floor of the um, octagon. Uh, you know, because everybody thought that Conor McGregor would go in there and do what Conor McGregor does best. You know, everybody thought that he would win. I thought he would win. I would have liked Dustin Poirier to, uh, to win, and Dustin Poirier did win. Congratulations to Poirier. Um, but um, uh, you know, many people were wrong. You know, a lot of the bookies, uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of veterans in the sport. You know, many people taken aback after seeing that fight on that uh, that night. So uh, it was it was a big surprise. Even even I was shocked as well. I naturally assumed that Conor McGregor would win, uh, but no, you know, um, Dustin Poirier won. But back to Khabib's opinion about Conor McGregor at the moment. Um, never, there is no way that a man can be at the peak of peak for two um, times. Again, his English isn't that great, but this is a quote unquote what he said. Um, I'm not just talking about him. What I mean, what I mean is, a man can't have two primes. A team could do it. For example, Real Madrid, the football team uh, from Spain, did this a few times in a row. Teams may ha- teams may have this, but we're talking about us as in the fighters, and one man on his own cannot have this peak um, form twice. And again, you know, as I said earlier, this adds to what a lot of people have been uh, within the, um, within the mixed martial arts community have been saying about Connor's performance um, at UFC two fifty seven. Just um, just the whole thing, you know, how it went down that night. You know, um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's a shock. But um, I don't think that's uh, yeah. I think he's is he. This is as far as I can see from the news source coming on YouTube, um, which of course, because the mainstream media they're not really going to cover this um, sort of in depth story and in depth in depth information. You know? Um, you just have to listen to podcasts are really based on mixed martial arts like my own and many other um, bigger podcasts out there um so yeah so moving on uh tj dillashaw uh tj dillashaw is hoping for a title fight and um he wants uh just an opportunity to go straight for the belts and to reclaim the belt again excuse me now quite on what this is what he's recently said in a statement I'm ready to go straight for the belt if that's the opportunity that comes at me because I know Jan wants it. He's already been vocally vocally talking about it and I will see and we'll see what happens on March 6th when he when he fights Sterling. My handwriting seems a bit shoddy there. He's got a tough test ahead of him but that's the fight he wants. I didn't leave the sport by losing my belt. He knows there's a lot of speculation if he's the real champ because he hasn't beaten the champion to get that belt. So he wants it. So he wants it. As well as that, I'm the biggest draw for him right now to try to fight. Um, that's all very good and all that stuff. But uh, you know, there's there's this thing of once you've been associated with something bad, uh, just once, even if you know, just once. And in this case, it's steroids. He was suspended in 2019 because he tested positive for a banned substance, uh, you know, uh, that was found in in his system during one of their tests that he started to carry out randomly. Um, you know, many people. Uh, well, I say many people, but there is some. Um, there is uh, still lots of arguments and people of a double mind as to whether this this guy should be allowed to compete again. He should be allowed to fight again. Um, so. Personally, as I, was, I was discussing this with Charlie, and Charlie s- believes that suspension is the best way to go. Um, you know, because the way that the banned substances thing works is really unfair. Uh, there was an MMA fighter that, that recently, I think be, this will now be about over a fortnight ago, two or three weeks ago, she tested positive for banned substance. And she, I think she knew beforehand that Usada, that he would who had carried out the test, uh, it would find out, you know, would pick up on this, not pick up, but they would come back with the obvious result being it's uh, that they found something in her system, in her, her sample that should have been there, that's a banned substance. And I think she, um, it wasn't something that she was taking illegally, it's actually a medication prescribed by her doctor. And she, I think she thought, about, she kind of knew beforehand, she was a few steps ahead of Usada, and she kind of, um, ex- I want to expose herself because she didn't do anything exactly wrong. Um, she kind of um, made it known to um, her fans, to the public, basically to people in the, the mixed martial arts world. Uh, basically, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be suspended. So, so, and so. So, um, but that's an example, basically, of because I'm of the opinion, and I've heard many people say this, that if you are caught with steroids in your system, um, in for something like mixed martial arts you should be given a lifetime ban um but other people have disagreed like charlie that i just mentioned he has gone along the lines of his suspension and i can understand in the case of the female fighter that i mentioned that she was a female fighter or she is the female fighter that um was um 
recently made the statement about having a banned substance in her system that she wasn't aware of because it actually came from some medication that she had to take from her doctor prescribed by her doctor and that sort of situation um yeah okay, i can agree it should be a suspension but i mean it's kind of like a, a gray area despite the fact that many people naturally will think that what's required is a, a permanent expulsion from the sport of mma at least from an organization such as the ufc um it's a great area because you don't really well you can find out what what substances are in some medication that you have to take but if there's no other substitute for that medication it's medication that you need um to recover to um to recover from from an illness from injury to just any sort of ailments you be suffering which will prevent you from participating and competing in mma or the sport that you're doing then you know i can understand that um, it's almost unfair if the athlete was to be given a, a permanent ban a permanent suspension and basically be expelled from the sport so in that case i can un- i can understand um but in cases such as john jones and the case of tj dillashaw um you know they um they knew that it was clearly it was a banned substance which they knew they sh- it was a banned su- a banned substance in whatever whatever steroid it was they were taking um and you know it was intentional they did intention did it intentionally with the intention to cheat so you know therefore in that sort of, sort of situation especially where john jones is concerned um i would go along the lines and i still feel so apprehensive and kind of like is it my place to say this um even as a mere mma fan um i i think it should be abandoned those in those sorts of circumstances because they did it intentionally they you know they did it knowing that this is going to give them an, an unfair advantage over their opponent in the sport in the cage there and you know when it comes to mma because of the nature of the sport this is a is a, this is a you know a brutal a brutal um it can be a brutal sport um it's a serious um contact sport um you can potentially kill your opponent or you can at least you know at the most you could potentially um, harm them seriously harm them you know so in that case where tj dillashaw and john jones is concerned especially john jones i would have opted for you know a um if i were usada I would have gone down the road of, uh, you know, a life, a permanent suspension, basically. That's what, that's what I would have done. Uh, but of course, uh, certain athletes in the sport, especially in the UFC, such as McGregor, John Jones, um, the other ones I can think of now, you know, most of them are retired. Um, those guys, you know, I call them the the gold, as I said to Charlie in the, the uh, last um, session I had with him, kickboxing. Those are Dana White's golden boys. So, even when something serious like this happens, I can imagine the organization just um, gathering around the particular athlete in question and just covering their backs and just making sure that they can st- they can stay in the sport, that they can stay in the organization and continue fighting for the fighting for the company because they bring in the most pay per views, they bring in the most money for the sport, you know. So, and they still they give the UFC that out of all the other organizations out of you know um next to bellator um the not strike force um bellator one uh, fc and that even bkfc bare knuckle um, fighting championship you know um 
it gives them that advantage in the case of you know they have that star power because they were we were the first organization at least here in this part of the world in you know, the west the us the uk uh um Canada, just in this part of the world, they were the first organizations to really promote the sport, promote and push the sport, um, you know, promote it to, into um, what it is now. And, you know, really the sport is still in its, in its infancy. Uh, it still has a long way to go. But that, you know, that's just my opinion uh, because I do find it so unfair that someone like John Jones can actually talk and say, okay, um, despite all the good achievements he's made and the talent that he has, um, being a really good MMA fighter, um, still there's a question of the uh, the steroid abuse, you know, all these allegations, and you know, there's no smoke without fire, basically. And I'm not going to rant on too much about that, but that's basically you know what it is. Um, I think I mentioned this in my last podcast, the uh, case of the fighter that was um, initially, um, most people would have thought had been cut from the UFC because of the um, protocol that they had broken back at UFC 257 uh, the guy called the athlete the MMA fighter known as Ot- Otman Azeta uh, now he um, was um, supposedly he was cut from the UFC so or so most people thought after he allowed a, a stranger and outsider to break into or at least to sneak into his hotel room over in Abu Dhabi at Yas Island and um, allow the person to just the intention was to allow them to gain entry into the venue and see the fight, basically. And this person hadn't been tested. There was no knowledge about the condition, basically, if they were carrying the virus or whether they were ill or not. And it's kind of strange. I mean, wasn't this obvious to uh, Mr. Azatar at the time? And the reason why they had these um, why they had these protocols in place was to protect himself, his team, and basically all other members of staff who were working for the UFC and, and you know, and also on behalf of the um, of the venue, you know, the people who work for the uh, venue venue over there in Abu Dhabi where the fight's going to be held. So, um, surprisingly, this is where me and Charlie actually agree on that this guy, even though he's been given a second chance by Dana White and the UFC, there's a good chance that he's going to let them down again. Uh, you know, there's a good chance that potentially he um, Dana White is going to regret making this decision because. It's silly what the guy did. You know, why on earth would you let someone into um, into the venue and you know the risk it would pose? Because it's not just the fact that the fights could be cancelled. You know, this is a virus that at the moment, even though there's, there's a vaccine, we're still not so sure how good that vaccine is, how good it is, how safe it is. Um, you know, it's a virus that spreads very easily. It's extremely contagious, and uh, you know, um, anyone can be a carrier. They can be a carrier, and they're not even showing any of the symptoms: shortness of breath you know, um, pain in their chest, um, loss of um, smell and taste, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, he, and he's not necessarily a young man. Um, he's in his, like, mid or early 30s. So this is someone who really, and um, I mean really, should have known better. It's a really stupid and dumb thing that he did. But let's see what happens. Now, the rematch that was supposedly um, going to happen between Usman and Marvidal is um, is going to happen. Um Sources say that the uh, the tit for tat and the back and forth that they had on Twitter, whereby um, Usman suddenly out of nowhere said, "You know what? I'm not feeling joyous anymore. Um, I'm going to give this fight to anyone. As in, I'm going to choose <laughs> whoever will fight me. It will be my next opponent, basically. So um, it turns out that actually the they are actually 
it turns out that actually they are go- they will be fighting each other so they say for now but you know in this um, sport especially in the UFC lots of crazy things happen you know this person gets ill uh, this person gets in trouble doing one thing and you know the fight just that just doesn't happen or it gets postponed you know one thing um, one thing or another happens so basically the back and forth they had on twitter was basically a front to hype up the fight a little bit more and um okay i'm not sure if it works again you know we're not sure if it's actually going to happen but sources are saying that um the fight is going to happen ignore them, what they're saying on twitter they're just lying to people and trying to hype up the fight so fingers crossed you know let's wait and see what happens now, UFC 259, um, especially the main event between Israel Adesanya and um, Jan um, Blakowicz. And bearing in mind, Id- Israel Adesanya has um, been working in the gym hard to um, to meet, just to match, just to bring himself up to the weight division that he needs to be in to compete against uh, Jan uh, Blakowicz for UFC 259. So... Recently, a particular YouTube uh, YouTube channel. Uh, sorry, I can't remember their name, but but uh, they asked about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten um, other MMA fight- <clears throat> MMA fighters. Um, what they thought about UFC two fifty nine, the main event. Who's going to win out of the two guys? Um, so the first, uh, well, basically, I read out their names: Anthony Smith, Jimmy Rivera. Amir Albazi, Andre Ewell, Chris Dorcas, Devante Smith, Diego Ferreira, Draco Close, Gabe Green, Gillian Robinson, Gillian Robertson. They were all asked basically who do you think is gonna win? And they were of course were thinking hard and just um thinking about the style of fighting that each fighter has. And each person also said Israel Desanya. They all, they would all put their money, they all place their bets on Israel Adesanya winning the fight even I believe that he, well god even I think that um, Israel Adesanya could uh, well will we'll win this fight um, well, well, well I believe I think that Israel Adesanya will win this fight I think not that I know believe but I I think he has a much better chance of, be, of beating his opponent I mean even though he has exercised like, just to meet up with the weight division he still has the agility and athleticism on his, on his side, and even uh, his opponent's a close friend, um, Joanna. God, I can't pronounce his Polish name. Joanna Jed Ratchets. <laughs> his, uh, well, I'm sure you know. Most people know if you're watching or listening to this. Um, his, her, a female um, f- fighter known as her first name is Joanna. I think she's Polish. Um, even she has said that uh, in that fight, her friend uh, Jan has a lot to lose, and that Israel Desanya does have the upper hand and the advantage. So, um, yeah, but again, you know, let's wait and see. You know, at UFC two fifty seven, excuse me, at UFC two fifty seven, um, most people, including myself, excuse me, most people, including myself, um, thought that. Um, thought that um conor mcgregor would win that fight but uh dustin Poirier shocked the whole world that night and he won so uh but whether it's because he was got lucky or whether or maybe it's because he was smart with his uh with his fighting you know how he um attacks conor mcgregor especially with those calf kicks you know uh, it's been said by other veterans in the sports and their podcast that that's something we potentially potentially will be seeing 
in uh, in the uh, other upcoming fights. Uh, so and Khabib has um, played down on rubbish rumors that he isn't that he's going to be fighting GSP. He's not going to be fighting GSP. So he says for now. Uh, he says he's always liked GSP as a human being, but the guy's forty years old, and you know, just our respects, he should be left alone. But uh, again, in this sport, it seems that anything can happen. So, um, you know, um, GSP, not GSP, Khabib after UFC um, two fifty four, yes, I can get it, two fifty four, two fifty two. I think UFC two fifty four, where he fought Justin Gaethje, immediately after that fight, said he was retiring. Soon afterwards, there's rumors flying backwards and forwards that no, he's going to be fighting this person or that person. He just he'll be pulled out of retirement just to fight one last time to bring his twenty nine and zero record up to thirteen zero. So um, again, that's something just wait and see. And you know, he's only thirty two years old. Um, but again, it's not a straightforward decision um, that us, you know, just you know, in his own culture, you know, it has to be like a family decision a collective decision you know he has to get the approval of his mum so his coach says um who's who's Arvin Mendes um from the AKA gym in California uh he he's he's close to um Khabib he has said he said in an interview that um Khabib would have to get the approval of his mum and the family so it, it wouldn't be a straightforward decision they would make on on his own it would have to be a collective decision being made by the family so wait and see what happens there now I'm not sure how relevant this will be to some people, but there was a guy who did call um, Curtis Blade's phone. Somehow got his number, and I saw the. I think sometimes people are too nice to people who don't deserve it. Um, there was a guy, a UFC fan, that had mocked Curtis Blades. Um, somehow he managed to get Curtis Blades' number and actually called the guy FaceTime, and said, "Oh, you got to knock, knock the fuck out." Uh, and started laughing. You got not laughing at the guy. You got you got knocked the fuck out and uh, blah 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 just being disrespectful basically just cut the long story short and in a nutshell just being really rude and obnoxious and just really disrespecting Curtis Blades uh I think I can't I tried to look up the guy's name on Instagram and Facebook and wherever but his account had disappeared so I think he knew that everyone had kind of found out that's um what he had done so it's like um probably he's now gone into hiding or something like that so guys, that is it. Um, wasn't gonna really be a long one. Um, but I just thought I'd cover um the stuff that I come across in the um MA news um currently. What's just been going on? There's still lots of things happening, but this is what I thought I could fit into about twenty to thirty minutes. So guys, if you did um enjoy this video, if you did enjoy this podcast, this episode, please don't forget to leave a like. And don't forget to, to subscribe if you enjoy my content. Um, you can also listen on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Player FM, Listen Notes, uh, Podchaser, TuneIn Radio. Uh, I'm still trying to get my podcasts in many other uh, major platforms. Uh, the Apple iTunes podcast, um, that from what I can see actually is something really simple. I've said it for the upteenth time now. I'm sure people are getting sick and tired of hearing I'm getting sick and tired of saying it. So, um, yeah, that's gonna, that's in the works. And it's something really easy. But I think by the time I get my, my next podcast um, up, by the time I'm recording my next podcast, that would would have been done already. So, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and on, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. On Instagram, my name is Ico Jarko number one. Uh, just Ico Jarko one. 
and on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Iko Jarko. Thanks, guys.